Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How did get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello Egg Chasers and welcome to episode 27 of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. We love the game of rugby but don't take it or ourselves too seriously. I'm Tim, that's JB. Good day Tim. And hello Phil. Hi Tim. Oh, have I got you on Phil? Hold on, we're on different microphones. What's going on here? Shift Ah. across. Shift across. There we go. There we go. Hi Hi, Tim. How does that work? Surely that one should be over there next to you. No? It doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> but we're back. We're back at normal. That's about the only thing that is the same as it was this time last week because Worcester Warriors have won a game. Unbelievable! A Worcester win. I think you predicted it, JB. Did I? <laughs> surely not. Surely, surely no. Surely one. not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> surely you'd, you'd be the last person to ever predict <laughs> Worcester would win anything. They're getting better. <laughs> the impossible has happened, which also means that in this podcast, the unthinkable will also happen, which means JB will not make a litigious statement about a player. Phil will be completely fully fit during the podcast. <laughs> and, I, and I'll probably manage to let the fact that my brother plays for London Irish have absolutely no bearing or bias on my comments about the club or their latest fixture. So, Does he? Um, you should have mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> or else you just get the same old podcast with a bit of a look back at the weekend's rugby, a look ahead to a big weekend of European rugby to come and a load of other guff besides. But uh, why don't we start with some people that have been getting in touch with the podcast since last week. You can get in touch via Twitter at Rugby Podcast is where we're tweeting, and that's where J- most of JB's litigious, defamatory comments can be found. <laughs> uh, Paul Hubbard was quick to crack a gag at the expense of Northampton Saints. He's clearly a Leicester fan, is Paul. Uh, he's, he tweeted us to say, uh, Lads, there's a new item in the Saints Club shop. A bra for the ladies. Great support, but no cups. Uh, <laughs> oh, wrong. One Heineken cup, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't, I think Northampton... If, on the, on the one hand, you, it sort of looks like the wheels are coming off, but I think they've got plenty still in their locker. Um, Doug Milliken says, I refuse to accept JB is Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> he is far too willing to discuss English matters to be a true Welshman. Well, how would you say to that, JB? Would I like to talk about the Welsh team? Yes, but they only play uh, a few meaningful games a year. Also, internationals don't, don't matter. Summer tour doesn't matter. Six Nations is over and the regions are pathetic. So what Fine. are we left with? Wow. Uh, we've also been accused of being a bit Anglo-centric by some Irish listeners to the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. And to be fair, actually, we should take a look at ourselves, gents, because we did overlook a huge matchup at the Aviva Stadium yeah. this yeah. weekend. Probably, the, probably the biggest game of the weekend in any competition. Um, Bod's legend continues. He, his try was the difference between the two teams at the Aviva Stadium uh, with a Leinster win over Munster. Yeah, I would just say if um, if anyone does want us to talk about something which you think would be of interest to people, just let us know and we'll do it. It's probably, mainly, if I'm being honest, it's probably because our, our expertise starts to get shallower and shallower the further mm. away from English rugby yeah, we get. I, I don't think I could name five players in each of the teams from the Welsh regions. I could certainly ho- I could hardly name anyone who plays for the Italian teams or the Scottish teams. Well, the two Italian teams and the two Scottish teams, it's all the... National players, pretty much. Yeah. Because they're only selecting from those two teams. I suppose I could guess my way through it. Um, the Leinster team is very easy to pick because yep. it's the vast majority of the island team. Yep. Whereas Munster have only got Paul Con- O'Connell, Con- Conor Murray, Paul O'Connell, Mahani, Omahani, Omahani. Zebo didn't really play in the Six yeah. Nations. So, mm. yeah. Damien Varley's in the squad. And a shout to Doris Findlater. Thank you very much, Derry Gasman, on Twitter oh, yeah. for letting us know about Doris Findlater, who was 104 years old and was at that game to watch her beloved Leinster beat Munster. 104. Incredible. That's fair yeah. game. Well done. She, well done. Happy she, birthday. She has more years than some of her fans. That's incredible. <laughs> 
Plenty of other listeners have just been uh, keeping us up to speed on various rugby matters around the globe. USA have qualified for the World Cup, beat Uruguay in their playoff match. Yeah. So the pool is shaping up. Pool B, South Africa, Scotland, Samoa, USA. Hang on. Was there a chance the United States might not have made the Rugby World Cup? Yeah. yeah. They were playing, wow. playing Uruguay uh, and they drew 27 all in the first leg of the Uruguay playoff. There was a good article in the Times yeah, I read that. It was, it was last really week good. on the USA qualifying and the importance of it for the game in yeah. the USA. Yeah. Now that they are qualified and they're playing in the World Cup, it will be shown on, I think it's Fox. That's and if, right, yeah. if they didn't qualify, it wouldn't, so it would have... Virtually no media coverage. And they've got a load of sevens money as well for the for the Olympics. Yeah, load of sevens money. And there's uh, some stats showing it's the fastest growing sport for children to play in, in America. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, re- really good news that uh, for, the, for the world of rugby that USA well, have qualified. If they, decide to, if they ever decide <laughs> to take it really seriously, we're all... In yeah. trouble, aren't we? There's some big slices over there. So at Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. Get into it. Also, um, just on a on a separate note, something we got tweeted. A couple of weeks ago, we were coming up with the best drinking games and drinking punishments that we knew of in our experience for kangaroo courts around the country after someone got in touch and said they need some help coming up with some drinking games. Well, I got forwarded a picture of London Welsh winger Reese Crane who was undertaking a challenge on his first away trip of the season. Uh, on the coach on the way home, he had to perform a challenge called Edward Cider Hands, <laughs> where he had two big, big bottles of cider duct taped to his hands, and he could that was only removed when, he, when they were finished. And I'm thinking, you can't finish two big bottles of cider without going to the toilet. How did the going to the toilet work? <laughs> you need a wingman for that. You need a very, very trusted friend. Right, we're going to get into the rugby in a minute. Loads to talk about with the Premiership, but I've uh, I've devised a little game of rugby social for us, gents. Yes. Uh, this is where we, um, well, we're talking about drinking games. Rugby socials happen all the time, but how about looking at the social media of professional rugby players? They love a bit of Twitter. Uh, so I've got some questions based on what some players have been tweeting. <laughs> First one from Jamie Heaslip. Jamie Heaslip, it turns out, did what after Ireland's Six Nation victory? Was it he pinched a cycle courier's bicycle? Did he hop on a police motorbike or did he drive a milk float? Jamie Heaslip did one of those three things uh, in celebration of Ireland's victory in the Six Nations. JB and Phil, what do you reckon? Milk floats? JB's gone milk float. Policeman? Right, Phil. It was, uh, what, it was. He uh, he hopped on a police motorcycle. Awesome. And, and how did the famously cheerful police react to that? Then? Well, they didn't do what they did with Andy Powell and book him and send him to court. <laughs> so anyway, so that's the first one. Next question from Ugo Monya. Ugo Monya has had some selfies taken with some celebrities over the past week. Oh, I think I've seen one of these. Who has he not had a selfie with? Ooh. Your options are Drake. Canadian rapper Drake. Yes. How do you know that? I'm done with the kids. I just think of a Drake as like a male duck. <laughs> David Beckham or Sir Ian McKellen. David mm. Beckham. Straight in there with David Beckham, JB. Because I know, I know that it was a Drake concert this week because Simon McIntyre from Wasps was tweeting about it. And oh, I fo- right. and, and, yeah. And Ex Broughton Park player. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It'd be an incredible selfie to have have David Beckham with you. Um, I'm going to go for Ian McKellen. Well, I can reveal the answer is the person who Ugo Monia didn't have a selfie with was Ian McKellen. Two for two, Phil. So he no. got he got one with David Beckham. He got one with David Beckham. I mean, David Beckham got one with, with, with Ugo Monia. <laughs> uh, third question then. I'm getting smashed. It is from Sale Sharks uh, and soon-to-be bath prop Henry Thomas. <laughs> How did Henry Thomas's Sail Sharks teammates try to cheer him up on the way back from the Bath victory after he got a yellow card uh, whilst scrummaging against his future employers? Leave him there. Uh, what <laughs> was it? Downloading the song Don't Worry Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin to his phone. Was it getting the phone number of a woman working at the Bristol service station? Ooh. Or was it making him wear a day glow yellow vest and yellow hard hat for the journey home? Would dimes allow them to wear a hard hat in the year? Safety first. I'm going to go with the service station girl. Mm. 
I'm going to go the cheer up music, whatever it was. Don't Phil's got three from three. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely rinsed it. <laughs> Urban myth about Bobby McFerrin. I always thought he died. I thought I always thought it was ironic who? Um, that I, Bobby McFerrin was the guy who did that song. Oh, Don't right, okay. worry, be happy. Yeah, I always, it's an urban myth. It turns out because I did some research because I, I I thought it was true, but the, apparently it was what I always thought was it was ironic he made that song because he killed himself, <laughs> but he didn't. He's still alive and well. Oh right, but well. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in thinking he was dead. So that's good news. <laughs> like uh, what, what's, uh, what's the name? Oh, well, this is a disaster. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. The least informed podcast. Oh, some, someone has died just, just for the Oscars, <laughs> and everyone thinks that she was dead, but she wasn't dead. Someone has died. I thought when you, I thought you were going to say the uh, Neil Buchanan thing a few years ago. There was a, an oh, ur- the, the guy who did um, Art Attack. Art Attack. There was an urban myth that he was dead, but no, he wasn't. He was fine. Anyway. <laughs> yep. We go, um, from, we go from real life and death to the life and death of top four. Premiership and uh, relegation. And let's start with, um, I mean, I think it's the big story of the weekend, Worcester Warriors. Uh, yeah. Haven't I, won a game and they're, um, there they are, winning their first match of the season. And now they've got a genuine chance of, of staying up. Not sure they have. Have you seen the points? Nine points down. Nine points, but they lost by two points to Wasps. They lost by one point to Leicester. You turn those on the head and they're pretty much level with Newcastle. It's, it's a massive ask. I, I can't see it happening. Actually, out of the two teams, you'd say Worcester have the most talent. So if, if it, they're going to go, if they're going to survive, they've got, they've not got a bad shot at doing it. Uh, let's go to the top of the table then. Uh, well, no, actually, I, I suppose it's only fair. The, probably the second biggest story was a victory of Sale Sharks away at Bath. Now that was a game. That now was... now we're talking. Well, hmm. it was it was one for the rugby purists. No, wasn't it was it? not. It the was forward it... purist. Oh, I thought it was incredible. Would you have you'd have hated to have played on the wing in a game like that, wouldn't you? Oh god, yeah. But what about what about watching it as, as a spectacle? It was gladiatorial. That seventeen minutes of scrimmaging, scrum after scrum after scrum, was absolutely awesome. Yeah. Do you enjoy it though? When yeah. when eleven thousand people in the stadium, or however many there, were, however many Bath fans there were, all thought that ref got it wrong. The ref did get it wrong because I actually thought in some of the earlier scrums, uh, it was Ross Batty. Uh, pop, popping, popping up. up first, yeah, not uh, not Jones. I don't mind watching scrummaging. It's the forty seconds between every scrum mm. when they pick off the mud off their boots, oh, I think it's brush so... themselves down. That's I mean that's yeah. when it got a bit laborious. Oh, I thought it was so exciting. Uh, but then they took off their props, Bath, and bought on Cat and Perinisi. And by all accounts, Cat is the strongest man in Bath anyway, in terms of in, term, <laughs> um, in terms of scrummaging. Not just Bath Rugby Club. Oh, yeah, yeah, not just Bath, <laughs> in Bath, full yeah. stop. <laughs> so then they started going forward. Poor old Cob- 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 Cobblash at this point, 60 minutes in, looked abs- absolutely shot. On comes hero Henry Thomas for two scrums. Yeah. Yellow recorded. Cobblash comes back on, and I think it tells you all you need to know about Tony Buckley. He was available on the, on the bench, and they didn't bring him on. So it was a cracking game, and Cipriani played awesome. How bad was George Ford? When I've seen him playing in the dry... He looks like a world, uh, genuinely yeah. world class. I've now seen him in two Friday night games in appalling conditions where he's almost single handedly lost the game. The pressure was on, and he missed two drop goals. He missed two two very kickable penalties. Um, I, I thought he was the big difference to why they didn't win, actually, because their pack eventually did man up. Oh, and watching the Bath pack make, make the substitutions the way, the way they did was terrifying. Mm. So they bought on a whole new front row. No, sorry, two new props. Uh, and who was the second row that ca- uh, came on? Uh, Dominic Day. Do- Dominic, Dominic Day. Day. Ferns in the back row. Carl, Carl Ferns. Ferns. That's the other one yeah. as well. Oh, and the sales and, still won. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take. I'm gonna have to go back through all the old uh, editions of the podcast and just delete everything I ever said, said about Steve Diamond. <laughs> I suppose reality. Stalin got some some some, some, some results too, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, a fair play and a great result, and then that has really made this end of se- end of regular season very exciting. With Sale We've still got Leicester to play mm. at home mm-hmm. and Quinns at home. Mm. The next game at home after oh, yeah. the European matches for Sale is Quinns at home a week on Sunday. Now, that is a tasty game. I have a question for you. Week on Friday, sorry. If Sale were to make top four, mm-hmm. which of the top four would you say is going to drop out? The current top four, Bath. Bath. But I don't think I don't think any of them will fall. I think the four that are there will remain the I top four. I think they will stay there. I yeah, think on I agree. current form, 
not points. Northampton are the ones that they look fragile. I mean, they've got enough points in the yeah. back. And but, also, yeah. they're missing Stephen Myler. They're missing Samu Manoa, Sam Dickinson. They've got big, mm. important players to come back. I think they'll be fine, and I think they'll they'll be really, really challenging for it. I'd, yeah, like, to, I'd like to see them win, see them win the title because they're always so close. Mm. Uh, it's ominous the way that Leicester are getting the the players back at the right yeah. time and winning the games. Well, I just wonder if. A big bruising trip to Claremont might may have a bit of a uh, detrimental effect on their campaign. Mm, tasty, that's true. Tasty fixtures coming up. The, I suppose the rest of the games are kind of dead rubberish. Well, Harlequins are still in the hunt. They need to win all their games pretty much left, and they they put London Irish to the sword. London Irish had quite a few injuries as as well. Three pulled out just before the match. Apparently, they they had seven props in their match day squad. Did they really? Really. Yeah. Do you know, it's for situations like that when you hear, oh, we've got four props on the bench, when you really want to see it happen. Yeah. You really want to yeah. see what it would look like if they had four props on at the same time. <laughs> well, six props on at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Exeter Chief still can't, couldn't get a victory, although it was just one example of quite a few questionable refereeing decisions. I don't like slating refs, and I think they were all honestly made mistakes, if you want to put it like that, but it was a bit odd how the referee gave a yellow card when... Exeter Chiefs were practically over the Gloucester line in a rolling mall and he gave a yellow card to Callum Afoni for pulling it down and killing it but didn't give a penalty try. That's mm. ridiculous. And they eventually did score a try but the but the conversion was from so wide out that, yeah. that he missed it whereas it was you would sort of go well, if you're going to give a yellow card one yard out from the line when well, they had a proper it, rumble on yeah. give a penalty try. There was men in the mall who were over the line yeah. just the ball wasn't quite because he killed it. Ugh. Yeah, so it's I a strange, so. strange decision. It was a strange decision. Exeter need to really regroup for next, for next the, year. There was obviously a strange decision at the end of Leicester v Saints. Yeah, what did you make of that, Tim? Well, I, th- I think it was a pretty honestly made balls up by Wayne Barnes. Well, firstly, Northampton should have had a penalty. Because? Because Manny Tulangi threw the ball out. Yeah, that's agreed. By, that's, that's by the by. If the ball went out, they probably would have just kicked it to touch for a driving mall anyway. But Wayne Barnes asked the television match official, is it time up? The television match official said yes, but I think the television match official was saying at that point, not when the ball went out. And Wayne Barnes wasn't clear. Yeah, he should have actually said when the ball went out was time up. Yeah, it you, was completely wrong. Do you remember the Wales Italy game? Oh, I remember. But we were watching this game, and what the ref, whoever it was, could have been, could have even been Wayne, Wayne Barnes. The question was uh, after Wales kicked it in, uh, kicked it into the Italian five, five meter for a driving mall. Do we have time? Yeah. Do we have time? Do we have time for the line out? Yeah, but he said, do we have time? He goes, yep, that is time. So, like, he, oh, asked, right. he asked, do we have time, as in, is time up? And then he took it as, oh, what a bunch of idiots. There should be some standardised questions. But there can be a game without them. Not yet. And uh, Sa- Until we get ref bot 3000. <laughs> Sarries against Wasp looked impressive again. Yeah. Uh, powerful. And yeah. they've, been off to the, they've been off on another one of their jaunts that you love so much, JB. <laughs> yes. Yeah, look good. Did you see some of the pictures from no, New York? No, I didn't. They should win, win, win an award for the most uh, creative way to get around the salary cap. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get onto some of the games ahead this weekend because there's some monumental tussles in Europe. A couple of some absolutely huge games. I can't wait. And uh, welcome back to the fold, Sky Sports, in your mm. rugby coverage for the next mm. week. It's going to be good. But I have a bit of a treat. Something else that we got in touch on uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Now, we played this a little while ago. Every time we refer to Rugby League, we play a little clip of a Rugby League commentator from <laughs> Castle, who represents Castlefield. Castleford. Castleford. <laughs> no, Castlefield would be a terrible Rugby League team. We know this. <laughs> Castleford. Sorry. And, uh, and it's this guy, the, one of the most one-eyed commentators ever. Andy. And this is him when they score a try. We all can't speak. Every time I listen to that, I just think, who is he broadcasting to? Is it like a family of coal miners somewhere or huddled around the wireless <laughs> looking forward to the Sunday game? Well, I've got a little bit of a challenge for you. I have. Uh, we've been sent another video of this commentator. No. Yes, and thank you very much at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Someone's found another video of him. I have one minute of audio footage. 
I want you to guess how many times he uses the phrase in this minute. I can't speak. Well, I mean, it takes him. I can't speak. Three <laughs> seconds. Three seconds. Twenty times. Twenty. <laughs> Is that a serious answer? No, it's not. Okay. I'm going to go with six. Six. Hmm. Six is pretty good. I'm going to go for five. Okay, six and five, right. Um, this is him, again, commentating on... It seems to be when Castleford play Wigan, he gets really, really animated. This is some more old-school footage. Des. Go steady with spit his dummy out. Frank Farmer low. Wish it started flattening a few, Frank. Size on him. Much. Henry Paul moving it long. Faddle. Oh, that's forward. Forward pass, Mr. Cummins, you dickhead. Black ass, mate. Forward a mile. Stevie Wonder is in that. five yards forward. Black ass, mate. Nah, you can't. Typical. Spit his dummy out of it. Typical. Black ass, mate. You show your colours, Mr. Cummins. Typical. Black ass, mate. Playing with blows livelihoods. That's what That's what they're doing. Black ass, mate. Play on, he says. It won a wig in it. There's flattening it. To McCormack, gives it to Bits, Bits. Butch off loads to Faz. I can't speak. <laughs> Tapped it to his well, I can't believe it. Hey, we're getting a penalty when you want one. I can't speak. <laughs> well done, Mr. Gummin. Seven yes. times. Yes. Seven. Oh. Do you know, I think it's something which goes on in rugby league, you know, because a friend of ours, a good friend of ours, used to have a girlfriend that you quite like rugby league. And oh god! She yeah. was about as biased as he. Oh, yeah. um, who was it? Ganson. Ganson hates us. Ganson hates us. Oh no! Massive. Um, in fact, everyone hated uh, uh, Warrington Wolves, according to her. She genuinely believed that there was a conspiracy theory from the RFL to <laughs> to take down Warrington Wolves to prevent them from ever winning anything. Uh, th- this, and, and this everyone, is everyone knew it as well. In her mind, everyone knew that Warrington Wolves were picked on <laughs> by the RFL, and all the officials were. Dead against them. Oh, I mean, it's common knowledge. Everyone yeah. knows it. Yeah, exactly. The matter of fact Hid- way she used to say it. Hidden in plain daylight. Uh, hidden in plain daylight. Been going on for years. Well, there you go. Well, that was brilliant. Yeah, brilliant footage. Thank you for for digging that one up. And if you find anything else that's uh, we want th- more, we want as much as you possibly can. As much as much of him or anything else is equally entertaining at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, and we'd love to share it with uh, with the rugby audience. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for getting involved. Right. Um, the European. We thought we were going to have an answer on this podcast mm. for exactly what the European competition is going to look like next season. Um, but the Italian and French, or is it Italian and Scottish? Italian and French teams. I can't imagine if the Italians and Scottish made too much of a noise that anyone would care. <laughs> no, no. The, the Italian... oh, you don't want to play this year? Oh. <laughs> the, the Italian and French <laughs> federations want to clarify a couple of issues, but we're pr- apparently pretty much there. And compromise seems to be the key word, mm. which has quite, been quite unusual. So in terms of television coverage bt and sky are gonna split the coverage yeah i heard that neither of the executives for the for bt sport and sky would talk to each other so they were mediating through a third party who was someone who used to work used to be the head guy at channel five is that right that's what i I read he's mediating his own fee as well well they said that they'd pay me x amount (laughs) well they've signed so i don't know I bet when it's all said and done, the only one with the only person with any rights to any sport will be the mediator. Will be Channel Five. <laughs> yeah, Channel Five. <laughs> all, all, all European review next season is going to be on Channel Five, and it looks like it's going to be a competition with twenty sides, six, and in terms of uh, there'll be six from the Aviva Premiership, six from the top fourteen, and a seventh place playoff between the top 14 and England. Mm. So that'll be a total of oh, that's right. 13 so, of the sides will come from England and France. They can double dip, can't they? And then seven yeah. from... seven from And then seven from the Rabo Pro 12. And also, the other sticking point, apparently, is they want to make sure someone, uh, somebody won't be suing someone else. I think Sky won't sue ERC. I think that's, that's also a sticking point. Mm. So, not all sorted yet, but it looks promising. It's, yeah, they're close, aren't they? It will happen because there's just too much money. Uh, riding on it, yeah. Exactly. There's so much. It's so commercially um, appealing. I'd like to see to, it. to the market. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully this time next week we will have a definitive answer. But that's yeah. That's what that's what it's looking at for the time being. Now JB has come up with an idea for a, a fifteen that we're going to select mm. something mm. else for you to uh, get thinking about and and help us with. So JB, you're you're fifteen. The job's worth fifteen. <laughs> so not people that really like their job. 
um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of someone, like Johnny Wilkinson, loves kicking. Uh, it's more people whose surnames also are occupations. Hmm. Okay. It would be so easy. It would be easy just to go with like Taylor and Smith and things like that. This is Dolly Parton working nine to five. Oh, right. Sorry. Do you know? I'm so out of touch with anything like this. <laughs> I just haven't. I still right. a little bit of music to introduce the the team. So, but so we're going to try and think. So it'd be easy to go Taylor, for example. Yeah. Yeah. You but, could have four or five Taylors. But we want to try and be a bit more inventive with it. Smith. Yeah. Exactly. So a bit more inventive where possible. So get thinking. Uh, Surnames which could either directly, literally, or maybe with a little bit of lateral thinking be a job. So, uh, should we start in the front row then? Props. Um, well, the one that I'm probably most proud of, actually, um, Alan Paver. Oh, very nice. Good. Corn- Cornish Pirates. Cornish Pirates legend. In fact, rugby legend. Yeah. Rugby nice. legend in his own right. That's an excellent, that's a really good one. Um, Thank you. Someone who was involved in the match at New- for Newcastle against Worcester, Rob Vickers. It'd go well with my centre partnership. Go well with my half-back partnership. Interesting. <laughs> oh, Maybe we should do, a, li- do, do a, a religious 15. Yeah. Then we could even get, like, Israel Falawin. Wow. Yeah. yeah well, geography 15. Geography 15 oh, as well. well geography oh. 15, that's a good shout, Phil. We'll have to do mm. that. Sean Knight, Gloucester prop. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, good, good. I like that. George Porter, Worcester Warriors. Oh, very oh, good. Oh, nice. Yeah. Former... Paver and Porter. Paver like... and Porter, exactly. Paver and Porter, done. Cool. Do, do you know what? I really wanted um, to find someone called Glazer, a prop called Glazer. I searched for a prop called Glazer age, for ages. So I could have Glazer and Tony Window, but I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> hooker then, hooker. So we've got our paver and porter. Who's oh, Payne. I could have gone with Payne as well. Tim Payne, Payne. Win, Window, <laughs> Glazer. <laughs> Tim Payne, damn it. That'd be the most specific 15 ever. The, <laughs> the windows and glass 15. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Hooker. I've, I've got one hooker that I reckon someone else will have come up with with a bit of lateral thinking. Uh, I've got one as well. Uh, we can't use the same guy again. We can't. Um, we, Should we say yeah, someone that's featured in a couple of 15s before? No, is the one I've we can't got. do it. We can't do it. <laughs> the oldest profession known to man. Yeah, as we say on three, one, two, three, Andrew, Andrew Hall. Hall. Yeah. <laughs> Only made three dream teams now. <laughs> and, probably, the, and the rest. He's probably, yeah, probably yeah, made, he's quite made a few. five, probably. Five, four or five, I'd say. Jobs worth 15. Paver, Porter, and Hall <laughs> into the row. And I've got another religious one, Louis Deacon. Oh, good. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Gareth Archer. Oh, very good. Yep, I've got Gareth Archer. I've got Gareth Archer, and I married him up with Matt Lord. <laughs> nice. They're like my, my medieval second row. It's <laughs> a bit like that. You could have a sort of Robin Hood 15 with Owen Sheriff from Saracens. Oh, yeah. good, Owen Sheriff. Uh, and John Fisher. London Irish. Oh, yeah, you could slot in the back row as well. Yeah, lock back row. A job where people often complain they don't get paid enough. But, nurses. But they're, they're not... Lazy nur- nurses. Not lazy nurses. Lazy <laughs> teachers. <laughs> not teachers okay, or nurses. No. Frontline heroes. But they're, 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 they are the hardest work. It's the hardest working profession. Cal- uh, council workers. Dean Mum. <laughs> oh, yes. And it's Mother's Day, Mother's as, Day well. as well. Come on, just gone. <laughs> Dean, Dean Mum is in there. That is a tough job. Well done, Mums. He's, he's made about five different, uh, different yeah. 15s as well. Dean Mum and... The hardest job in the world, according to Purcell uh, washing powder adverts. Archer, Sheriff. I like Dean, Sheriff. Sheriff, all right. Dean Mum and Owen Sheriff. What about... Right, what about I've, got, I've got one here. Exeter Chiefs back row. Kai Horstman. Horseman? No, it's a bit tenuous. What kind of job's that? Horseman. <laughs> looking, looking after horses. <laughs> yeah, he's giving it to the horseman. It, it sounds like an axe. Oh, and I've just thought of another Exeter Chiefs player. Well, he's actually had to retire, hasn't he? No, he hasn't. That's Chris Whitehead. But um, an Exeter Chiefs player would be, uh, this would be a job for a an adult film star of a very specialist, with a very specialist um, skill. Eric Fluffer. Carl Rimmer. <laughs> Carl Rimmer. Eric, Eric Fluffer. <laughs> Carl Rimmer. <laughs> there isn't really an Eric Fluffer, is there? No, but we'll, we'll, stick, we'll stick with the back row. Callum, Martin Cal- Fister. <laughs> Callum Clark. Yeah. Yeah, fine. Uh, James James Forrester. Jake. Oh, excellent. How about- if, if it is a profession. <laughs> Jake Bailiff. That's good what? One. Jake uh, Bailiff. Is that really a name? Yeah, Jake Bailiff uh, plays flanker for. Um, uh, ooh, it's an under 12s team somewhere. He is on the internet. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jake, Jake Bailiff. I got my little sister on the way up here to uh, to, to Google all, all these things. Um, Dan Baker, 
currently plays for Ospreys. He's, he's got a couple of Wales caps excellent. as well. Have you forgot maybe the best one? Mike Brewer. Oh, oh yes. excellent. That's yeah. great. Brewer, Baker. He could be our director of rugby potentially as well. In, indeed. I like, I like a couple of like old school professions, a baker and a brewer. and um, Candlestick maker. And a fisher maybe. Oh. Um, Chris Butcher. Oh, let's go baker, brewer, butcher. <laughs> yeah. Done. Um, Good. You could run a small village with them. Exactly. There's, there's also a number eight who is not a single profession. He's the collective noun for profession for a profession. Uh, a collective noun. Uh, Pierre Spies. Spies. Uh, oh yes. <laughs> Damn it. That's so obvious. Oh, Pierre Spies is going in. <laughs> collective spy. Spies. Spies with with baker and brewer. How about that? Yeah, fine. Yeah. Done. Right, half backs then. Oh, right. I'm intrigued by yours, Tim. Your, I am as well. Your pairing. Well, I've got. I thought they both played together for Newcastle against Worcester Warriors this weekend. Once, oh. once the scrum, once the scrum half went off uh, injured. Godman. Godman was at ten and Pilgrim at nine. Pilgrim, oh, Pilgrim nice. and Godman. I don't think either of those are jobs though. Probably not actually. No. <laughs> I mean, the Godman. It sounds like an, you know, an informal, uh, sorry, an informal reference to the, uh, the the Lord Almighty. Yeah, if you ask the Godman. <laughs> but I don't. I don't think. I, All right. I thought it was just a nice oh. touch when it was Pilgrim and Godman together. Yeah, it's nice. Earl Rose. Hey, it's not oh, really a job. As in the Earl. Earl. Yeah. Uh, I've gone for clerk, as in uh, Fran- Francis de Clerk, who scrum off for the Lions in nice. in in South Africa. Peter Stringer. Yeah, uh, free, it's, freelance it's, journalist is a stringer. Is that right? Is that yeah. right? Boom. Do you, well do, you, do you not know? I don't know that. No idea. Were you uh, thinking of someone who makes Ma- strings? Makes strings, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Um, there was also uh, an Irish scrimmage from the 90s called Kieran Scally. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's not. It's almost it's not, the opposite to a job, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's not really professional. Well, it's an occupation, I it's guess. It's an occupation, yeah. You, you know, there's... Tucking your tracksuit bottoms into your socks <laughs> so stuff doesn't <laughs> fall out when then, you nick stuff from Poundland. And then passing the ball to Martin Chav. Um. So Stringer at Stringer at nine. Yeah, Stringer. Um, so Earl Rose, uh, Quaid, Ale- Quaid Cooper, obviously. Uh, yeah, Alex King. Yeah. Uh, do you know what Howard is? No. A Howard is a sheep herder. Is that right? It's just like old English for sheep herder. Ah, so very good. Pat Howard. Could be there. It's a bit, a uh, bit tenuous. Well, he'd be at twelve, but he couldn't be at twelve because my centre partnership is Abbott and Bishop. Stuart oh, Abbott. that's brilliant. Stuart, Stuart Abbott and Justin Bishop. That is good. You could have like Regan King in there if you don't have Alex King. Ah, uh, Regan King. Let's yes. go, Alex King. The, then let's have a King in. Then well, I like the Abbott. And uh, did you have any other centres? No, no. Uh, well, other than like Duncan Taylor. Yeah, but, standard ones. Yeah. It's uh, so on to the wings then. Someone, uh, someone who'll be in the Winter Olympics. Wendell Sailor? Uh, <laughs> no. Skates. Luge. Dan Luger. Dan Luger. Dan Luger. <laughs> Very good. That's Tim. brilliant. Uh, you, you, That's really good. You've you probably heard me say this, one, say, say this one before, but Julian Surveyor. Yes. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. I love Julian Surveyor, not only because I'm a surveyor myself, but because I think it's very, very clever. Surveyor and loser. Um, there's Ian Hunter, used to play for Northampton in England. Yep. Brill. Uh, um, Nicky Walker. Um, uh, or Eli Walker. What's um, a walker? Dog walker. Oh, <laughs> it's <when he> walks. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my favourites is Brian Carney. Yeah, yeah, fine. Oh, Car- excellent. Carnival folk. Uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of time with this, looking at like French names, thinking surely the French names must yeah. mean something. So Skrella means kind of faith in Russian, apparently. And uh, Mishlak, <laughs> I was like, Mishlak must be something. It's Michael in French. Oh, so, what? I know. Freddie, Freddie Michael. Yeah. George, uh, George Michael's brother. Exactly, Freddie Michael. And Could be, actually. I, I've, I've managed to come up with boring ones, like Hunter I got as well, and, and for the... Fullback Rob Cook. Rob Cook, yeah. yeah it's like, I couldn't come up with an exciting one. That's why I really like Surveyor and uh, Luja. <laughs> fullback. <laughs> Rob Cook. Rob Cook. Good, good, Let's go good, Rob Cook. And that rounds off 15. No doubt we'll have missed some good ones. So uh, at yeah. Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Please, yeah, have a little think. And if something pops into your head, just tweet us and we can give you a shout next time um, as, we, as we try to do. Right, we're going to talk about the weekend's rugby that is to come. Just interestingly, 
just to sort of say that it seems like Phil was probably right. Hold on a minute. Which one of you was saying Sam Burgess would be in the forwards? Phil. Phil. Yeah. Uh, Phil the winger is, well, you're kind of right. He's, he's not going to play second row, but Sam Burgess, it looks like Bath are going to put him in the back row. Oh, we'll never oh. last. When he arrives. Slamming yeah. Sam. Um, well, hang on. Let's stop. Stop. Right. Because what Phil said is he would be a second row, which is the most ludicrous suggestion ever. Now, the most obvious suggestion would be he'd be in the centres, but as a middle way, I would say maybe an eight. No, I, I think. Well, what I said was his best chance, given that he only has 12 months with no pre-season of making the World Cup squad, not even starting, is second row because it's the least Never. Te- technically difficult. Never. That, that, that's so completely wrong. That is so completely wrong. It, anyway, let's see Let's see where Bath play him. And besides, he, it's not as if he lacks technical skills. It's not like we're getting you know, Ma- like Marius Polonelski or whatever his name is, some incredible <laughs> specimen, to learn to pass, pass and catch. He can do all the technical stuff, but what he won't be able to do is the, is the wrecking and mauling and knowing when to enter, enter a ruck. It takes years and years. Play him in the centres or, at worst, make, make, make him a ball-carrying eight. And I, I think second row is a massive area of strength for England yeah. and uh, for Bath. Yeah, ag- agreed. Agreed. So, but I, I don't think I think Bath have got superb centres as well. But I was there, actually in the flesh for An- for Andy Farrell's debut for Saracens when he came on at six. Lasted half a game, half a, half a game, and then they moved moved, moved him to twelve. I don't think he's going to feature in the World Cup. No, I, I can't see it happening. I think it's too soon as well. I think, mm. and how old is he? He's, he's 25 now, so, so he's got 26. Time. So he could make the following World Cup. Here's my prediction. He he won't get capped for England at back row. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I completely agree. I think he will do. Um, he'll get capped for England in the forwards because they'll have autumn internationals, they'll have the summer tours Maybe before then. Tour. Maybe. Uh, and, but, I don't think, but, but the RFU haven't paid any money for him, so Stuart Lancaster's That's... got no obligation to put him in the squad. Yeah. And you know what Stuart Lancaster's like? He's very kind of measured in his decisions. He's, mm. not, he's not the sort of guy that's going to lob him in just for the sake of it. It's, it would be interesting to see if England were paying the money for him to come over, yeah. where they would yeah. want him to, to play. Would they go along with Bath? If, if he'd gone to... Uh, I don't know Gloucester or somewhere lot, else. There's a lot of a lot of let's just keep everyone happy here and say that say that he's going in the pack because they've got a very settled backline. I think when it was first talked about the RFU paying to get him over, I think inside centre was where yeah. where and Stuart actually, Lancaster or other England coaches would have been thinking. Let's just think a bit because Billy, Billy Twelve Trees is great, Luther Burrell, great, but they're not top notch they wow. wouldn't get into Australia they wouldn't get into South Africa they wouldn't get into New Zealand Sam yeah. Burgess potentially could yeah I, I agree with that I agree with that I point. think you've been a bit harsh on the England centres there I think yeah they're not going get to in, get into into New Zealand but as a pair they've done very well actually are they not good enough for Australia probably not I mean they probably could they, they probably could play, play, play for would England's Australia. inside centres get into maybe not the get into France no maybe Ahead of Fofana, Fofana and Bastero, good partnership. Would getting ahead of getting ahead of um, Wales, well, Roberts and Davies? Them. No, beat them, didn't they? Would, would, but would you? Would you? Would you? Slot? No, yeah, think... the centres aren't the area of weakness for Wales, are they? No, they're not. But I was just saying, I think you might be a bit harsh on there. I think I think they're doing I'm not, pretty. I'm not, I'm not criticising them. I'm yeah. not saying they're not good and solid. I'm just saying, actually, out of England's backline, potentially yeah. inside centres, the the kind of and and here's, here's the weaker a... link. Well, here's, here's, yeah. here's another angle for you. There's a little bit of conjecture that Kyle Eastman wasn't particularly happy at Bath, and they've settled that down now, and you know they've kind of got him playing well, and he's playing he's playing really well. rugby. Yeah. How do you think it'd affect him if they said actually some some purchases is going to come in in your in your position, and we've paid x uh, x number of thousand pounds to, to get him? I'm not sure that's going to sit well, and they've got. A push now in, in, into the playoffs and maybe maybe even to get, getting to the final. And look at their blind sides as well. Young English guys, Carl Ferns, Matt Garvey. Yeah. Yeah, good, yeah, good blind sides. Good side. players. The more yeah. we talk over this, the more it makes sense to put them in the centre. And with the, with the Carol, It's the most like rugby yeah. league. Mm. And with all the Carol I mean, you, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, no, I haven't played is. in the back. But it is. You played it in is, the back. Right. And actually, it's, you know, Joel Tompkins uh, was a second row and look, and he's in the, uh, in the outside. Outside centre berth for Saracens now. Yeah, I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure this, this, this is a smokescreen. Just to protect Carl Eastman's delicate 
fragile feelings, maybe. Exactly. Mm. Until the end of the season. That's an interesting idea, JB. Interesting idea. Well, it sparked a little bit of debate anyway. More debate on this weekend's matches because this is huge. We're at the quarterfinals of the European competitions as the Challenge Cup. And there's some some pretty tasty games in the Challenge Cup. So should we just get those out of the way? Yeah. Uh, Sale Northampton on Thursday night. Yeah, it should be a good good game. Uh, Sale won this fixture in the Premiership last weekend. But Northampton are pretty seasoned at knowing what it's like to play knockout rugby. Yeah. Mm. Will uh, Will Myler be back? I don't know. His hamstrings hamstrings are a funny one, isn't it? How would you play this if you were Sale? Because Sale got a pretty thin squad. Do you go all out to, to win this match or do you rest, 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 rest your players but then risk losing momentum? Or do you put a full team out and then risk losing momentum because you lose anyway? I, I'd go for this. Yeah. 100%. Because potentially yeah. there's only four games left this season for sale. Yeah, 100% go for it. Like They, they could genuinely win the whole thing, particularly having a home quarterfinal. Mm. I think it would be a different Northampton. A very different Northampton. They were really flat mm. in that game at sale. I think that would be tight. Uh, Stade Francais versus Quinns, as you mentioned. I can't see anything other than a home win there. Well, the Quins do turn it on in Europe occasionally. They've had some famous wins, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd go for Stade Francais at home. And there's two games on Sunday in the Amelin Challenge Cup quarterfinal. Bath at home to Breve. Yeah, I think. Wasn't Bath- that like um, that? That strikes me that it was actually a European Cup, Cup final. Was, yes, at Breve, one point. It? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did, it was yeah. the first. It wasn't the first ever one, was it? Or was it the first it was one? Close to it, yeah. The first one, because then the next one, the French teams didn't play or the English teams didn't play. Something so I think like that was the first one. Might uh, be a bit of a grudge match. 1998, it was. Yep. And I expect to see a Bath win there. Yeah, because if I'm not mistaken, hang on, let's see if I can, let's see if I can really show off here. It was Breve, Ulster, Northampton. Who was next then? Ulster won one. Ulster won the second one. Wow. Then Northampton won it. I'm trying to think who won it after, after Leicester after Northampton. Know. No, I don't think it was Wasp. Toulouse. It, is, is it Toulouse next? Uh, you, you're in the wrong order, but you got the right teams. Toulouse, Stade Francais. Toulouse, Toulouse won it first, ninety-five, ninety-six. Oh, okay. Then Breve, then Bath, then, oh. then Ulster, then Northampton, mm. then Leicester back to back. Oh, oh wow. never mind. Good. <laughs> anyway, so uh, an old school looking fixture. It's in the Amelin Challenge Cup. Breve aren't the team they were, unfortunately, for them. And then Wasps-Gloucester, the All-English quarter-final. Yeah, it should so, be a good good game, that. Because Gloucester are looking good now. They seem to have uh, yeah. strengthened their pack a bit. Um, and the, the backs are playing well. Yeah. What do you make of uh, the Gloucester signings, Tim? No, no, now, let's exclude Afoa and Hibbard, because we know that they're good. The second row signings. Is it right Jim Hamilton's could go... There was rumours of Jim Hamilton going, going back, back, going back to Gloucester. Uh, they signed Tom Palmer, they, but yeah, but then I saw they signed Tom Palmer. I don't. I, I think this might be good money after bad. Uh, sorry, bad money after good, or bad money after bad, whichever, whatever the right phrase is. I, I don't think Tom Palmer is a solution for Gloucester. He's um, he's thirty five. He's thirty five, mm. and I and I've seen him a few times in the flesh this season, and he's a he's a shadow of the player he was. Yeah, what about he's the... always been quite lightweight. But, but what's and that's, the, so that's not what they need. What's about the ten situation? Because I have a feeling they they are really struggling to find a ten. So they picked up a guy from Bedford, a guy from Scarlets, um, and Laidlaw, who's a nine. And also Freddie Burns hasn't decided where he's where he's going to go. Mm. They signed uh, Mark Atkinson from Bedford. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's a bloody player, and he's not a ten. He's, he's, he's a 12. 13, but well, he's a 12. I, I, I tell you what, he is a serious player. If I had to liken him to someone, and I, I watched him play a few times, quite a few times in the championship, and Bedford always had him off the bench, and I could never understand it because when he came on, they he, he changed the game. And I would say if I was going to liken him to a to a 12, it would be another one that come out of the championship, Tim Molinar. Eamon Sheridan, he can have that sort of impact. Like you look at Eamon Sheridan and Tim Molinar, two guys that have come from the championship inside centres. I think he'll have a big impact like they, like they did. On to the, uh, the Heineken. Yeah, all right, let's get on to the big, the big matches then. Four huge Heineken Cup quarterfinals. I mean, it doesn't get bigger than these games. Um, and we're in for a treat. There's three games on Saturday, one on the Sunday. Mm. Uh, let's, we'll start with Saturday. And the first one, the lunchtime kickoff. Munster against Toulouse. <laughs> Call that one. Toulouse. Do you reckon? Yeah, too much firepower. See, I'd think that, but there's something about this competition and Munster. And I look, you look at Toulouse's. I mean, I what? Did anyone see Toulouse v Toulon? Toulon. By the way, no. Th- this weekend got gone. Brutal. Who won? 
Salon. What's the score? Uh, they won 32-28. Yeah. It's close. Uh, but just massive men. It was nuts. Yeah, they've got that kind of spirit and at home as well. I don't see it. I think it's all very well to talk, talk, talk about the spirit, but that uh, Toulouse pack is monstrous. Absolutely monstrous. Monstrous pack. And... Well, when you watched Saracens, who were going so strongly in the Aviva, struggle uh, with their front row, op- front row options, watching Shalbritz, Shalbritz? Yeah, Shalbritz pop, uh, 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 pop up and, 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 and all that pressure. No, nah, no chance. No chance at all. I would favour an away win, but Munster at home, that's, I mean, they've got a home quarter final for a reason because they've mm. stood up in some big matches. Uh, I'm going to have to go for Toulouse as well. Pick a moles. You'll have Nyanga, who was superb in the yeah. Six Nations, and you can have Akapusi Quera as well. When you consider they've got players like Uge and mm. Jose Gear in mm. the back line as well, yes, it's pretty terrifying. But it's, it's interesting that Toulouse are coming off uh, a massive away match in the top 14 against Toulon and Munster are coming off the back of a massive away match in the yeah. Pro 12 against Leinster. So they're pretty very, and they both lost narrowly, so very evenly matched. So it'll be interesting. Can Leicester Tigers do enough at Claremont? I, I hope they can, but I doubt it. I don't think they can. Well, I think, I think they can, but I don't think they will. Where can they match up favourably? That's, that's the question. I think the pack can front up to them. Claremont, I'm talking about serious options, Claremont's squad. Yeah. Funny, I love their second row partnership. They've got the bigger, the oldest, biggest second rows. Nastiest. Here when you, you go, when you're talking L- could, Looking could best more. with the top off, according to Phil. <laughs> just, just Jamie Cudmore. <laughs> Let, oh, those two. Let, come on, boys, let's play ball. Here, no, with Morgan Parra and uh, Brock James as well, pulling the strings, controlling things. Is Brock things. James still alive? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, you've got to pick a winner now. Who's it going to be, Jay? Claremont. Phil Claremont haven't lost in seventy odd games at home. Claremont by it's seven. Got to be Claremont. Seven odd points. Claremont at home. I'm going. It's for going to be well. a brilliant game though. This one, I find, oh wow, this is so hard to call. In fact, all the games involving the Irish provinces is really hard. Ulster Saris. Saracens. Uh, Ulster, I think at oh, home. Wow. I'd edge for Ulster at Ravenhill. Yeah. Saracens have got wave of wave of players well, coming off the bench. Yeah, you take Matt Stevens off, and you have got James Twenty One Stone and James Johnson yeah. coming on to replace him. I do think a little bit that uh, Ulster flattered to deceive. If you can keep Ron Pinak quiet because he scored, I think all twenty two points against Leicester. Keep him quiet, and Saracens have got a good Jacques, chance. Jacques Berger, Jacques Berger. stick his head in and around Ruan Pinak. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's another thing. Leicester never had a Jack Berger. Yeah. That's true. Wow, what a guy. And then the final one. What a game. They're all incredible games. Toulon, Leinster. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Toulon, I guess. It was amazing it is, watching yeah. the Toulon game and this just says how good like players like it says how good David Smith is on the wing that Brian Habana didn't even get off the bench mm. for Toulon. My god. Yeah, David Smith is superb. <laughs> He's a ridiculous specimen. Um He's got firepower. Boring everywhere. name though. Yeah. yeah. It's not a great name. It's not a great name. It may as well be good John Smith. Who cares? <laughs> but look at the matchups. Carl Heyman against Kean Healy straight off the bat. Yeah. Uh, just There's matchups all over the park. Bastro, uh, what about that? Bastro O'Driscoll oh, again. Wow. Again. I'm going to Toulon win. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be quite convincing. Toulon win. I, think, oh, I, I don't think it'll be convincing, but I, I think the newspapers will be being flung in the air by the end of the game. Just, where can you see. Which area of the pitch do you want to attack Toulon at? Mm, yeah, good point. Well I, well, I think it's one of those um, matchups where you go, Toulon is that, that incredible team of individual brilliance and Leinster is that clever, tactically astute, cohesive like unit. Yeah. Toulon. They're better than the sum of their parts of Leinster. Yeah, that's a very good point, Tim. Toulon, uh, one of the reasons I really dislike Newcastle so much... Um, Newcastle spent all that time wasting Johnny Wilkinson's career, just frittering it away. And right at the tail end of his career, when he thought, oh, we'll have one, one or two years at Toulon. What were we like, six years down the road now? Or something? Yeah, six or uh, 2009, I think he went there. Yeah. Or five years. And he's, he's, already, he's already won one Handling Cup, could end up with two. And He was uh, in the stand um, for the Toulouse game. Is he injured? I don't know. He'll be rested, won't I he? Think I, I was you, assuming he'd be rested, yeah. Yeah, well, you've got to be careful. I think it? they were talking about him playing another season, but he has officially decided to call it a day now, which is yeah. such a shame. Uh, a great of our era. I do think, though, if Leinster can hold them, and because, like you said, they're cohesive unit, mm. like their team spirit, and 
Toulon might not necessarily have that because they are superb individuals. So I think it'll be a cracking game, but Toulon probably just edge it. Toulon, give it me, give me Toulon by fourteen points at least. Wow. Well, I don't see it like that. No. Well, can't, we can't will see, see it next week. Uh, Toulon are what the barbarians should be. <laughs> uh, well, listen, let's, let's stick with Leinster for one second because another thing we got in contact with, and just to round off the podcast today, we have a little bit of rugby okey that's coming courtesy of Jamie Heaslip, who has been, well, you know what? We've got a direct compare and contrast because rugby okey is where we celebrate the fact that rugby players have an un- unusually high love of getting on the microphone and performing musically. And it all started with this man. Keep it kind of quiet, people on a diet. Scrum is straight, term is right, I don't deny it. Test me, try it, style you don't buy it. I'ma grab the microphone and start to fly it. Up, up high, grab the mic and make you cry. Told you before we represent L.I. London Irish, you can't deny this. So, so sick of tenants, you can't buy this. Alex Corbiziero, compare that rapping to Leinster's Jamie Heaslip. A rapper? Yeah. Oh. He's stepping up, spitting some lyrics and flowing. <laughs> uh, right, so it's uh, Battle Royal, Alex Corbiziero in the red corner, in the blue corner, representing the province of Leinster, here's Jamie Heaslip. And uh, I would just like to kick things off with... And I was like, good gracious, ass bodacious, ah, oh, flirtatious, trying to show face oh. off, looking for the right time to plant that seed in, looking for the right time to flash them keys in. I'm leaving, please believe in, oh, me and the rest of my heaving, checking out a lot in the inter four seasons, bent house, rooftop, birds I'm feeding, no deceiving, nothing up my sleeving, no teasing. I need you to get up, up on the dance no, no, floor and give that Stop man it. what he asking for, oh, cause I feel like busting loose and I feel like touching you, uh, uh, I can't nobody stop the juice so baby tell me what's the use i said good morning it's getting right hot in here here's an so observation for you if you were to listen listen to that voice and make a snap snap decision for a hundred pound judging by the voice could you beat up that guy i would say yes <laughs> <laughs> in reality is there a better number eight in europe at the minute no oh, he's, um, he's uh, yeah yeah probably awesome. yeah, no. yeah, there's some better rappers though more importantly <laughs> <laughs> Would you, would you have Corbiziero in your corner? Corbiziero would take his lunch money. <sighs> that was painful, wasn't it? it was, and the, the Irish accent doesn't do anything for hip hop. <laughs> uh, which is better, the Irish accent or the West Yorkshire accent with uh, the Burgess? <laughs> I can't speak! Burgess Brothers rapping. Uh, Corbiziero's got a bit of an American twang going on. So uh, we'll, we'll leave you with that from Jamie Heaslip and we'll say enjoy the rugby that's coming up in the European Cup. We'll be here after it to probably say that we got all of our predictions wrong. But uh, let us know what you reckon about anything you've heard in this podcast at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and we will catch you there between now and the next one. In a bit, JB. Bye, Tim. In a bit, Phil. Bye, Tim. Later, we all can't speak.